Hi, Sex and the City fans. Megan McKeever here. Check out my podcast, Cosmos and the City, where I'll be watching through the entire series of Sex and the City with a slew of fabulous guests. Each week, we'll be talking through everything from who wore what and why to the hottie of the week. So grab a drink and join me on my journey. Thanks, and be sure to subscribe to Cosmos and the City in iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. It's the Improv Session Podcast. It's the Improv Session Podcast. It's the Hey everyone, welcome to the Improv Obsession Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Pearlstein, and today on the show, very special guest, Chris Kula. Hello, Stephen. Thanks for having me over. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Um, so, uh, uh, I'm an LA person first, so I know you as from the Smokes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, if uh, you're if familiar with the New York scene, you might be uh, might know Chris from Police Chief Rumble and then other stuff that I don't know, <laughs> which I can bring you up to speed on. Please, uh, yeah, let's hear it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Police Chief Rumble was my first Herald team. Yeah, uh, a dozen years ago. <laughs> Is that right? Is it yeah, it was two thousand two oh, when we started. Um, that was with uh, people like Charlie Sanders and Katie Dippold, uh, Will McLaughlin, who are all yeah. around. Uh, Bobby Moynihan was on that group. Um, it was great, uh, and we did I think a solid two years together. Yeah. Um, in which time we also put a sketch show together. Spent way too much time together. Yeah. Like, there was a point in our sort of early uh, formation we were doing, I think, five out of seven nights, something Police Chief Rumble related. Yeah. Uh, you guys uh, did, like, a little blog on the Improv Resource Center f- mm-hmm. for a thousand years ago. Yeah. Uh, and there was, like, yeah, the the schedule of it was insane. I was, it was, like, it'd be, like, Harold Knight, and then, like, practice, and then our like sketch and and then you do the sketch show and then like another practice and then like notes on the sketch it was like it was crazy and also the perfect thing to be doing when you were 23 yeah and having you know no other life no yeah. girlfriend uh <laughs> a day job that you could like completely mentally check out on so yeah, yeah we treated it like you know grad school basically like yeah something every night uh and that group uh everybody in that group is doing some stuff mm-hmm. i think yeah. that's uh i th- testament to it somehow working yeah you wouldn't have known it from our first couple of shows or yeah. maybe even our last couple of shows uh <laughs> well we, why do you say that you guys rough or what we <laughs> didn't follow rules so much yeah it's really funny because everyone in the group was really good yeah on their own you know did plenty of improv beyond that point and was a good smart capable versatile improviser but for some reason the dna of when they put that group together it just led to the most you know clusterfucky celebrity impression walk-ons um, <laughs> if you ever came to one of our del close marathon shows we started doing recurring characters yeah which typically you don't see in improv <laughs> yeah like, uh you know oh it's sideways dracula he's back again uh <laughs> now it's time for sinbad to come on and uh yeah do a set uh we had like our set stable of characters which <laughs> will still come out from time to time when you come out to an la uh, police chief rumble show oh uh, yeah uh, I caught uh, I caught one at was it the eleventh hour show, mm-hmm. uh, which was such so great. But also uh, that was the first time I seen Police Chief Rumble. But I knew like these so great what characters. You, what did you heard? Like because I think uh, I know I known the basics of it because yeah. I, I kind of I've read enough about <laughs> and kind of heard enough about Police Chief Rumble. But I knew the recurring character thing was a thing. <laughs> so I kind of knew when it was happening. Like Will McLaughlin did the one. It was like a police officer something. Steve Castle. Steve. Yeah. Castle. <laughs> <laughs> It's so, it's so not him, It's like, yeah, it's Steve Castle. Huh? Yeah, it's Steve Castle. A long time story. I think he started as an investigative journalist, but then got too close to a story and uh, became like a vigilante type character. So, so not, not, uh, not only is it a recurring character, maybe it's not, but I like to think of it as an episodic character. Oh, absolutely. Like, this character's story has not been finished, and we will see the end of it one day. So true. And there's been crossovers at this point. You know, Steve Castle met Robot Roy, which is one of Charlie Sanders' famous characters. Uh, yeah, we, we love that group. Um, and yeah, we'll still do like an occasional show in LA. Yeah. The new thing in LA, if you come see Police Chief Rumble is you're always going to get Elvis introduces the band. 
Yeah. Uh, that's the format. Oh, yeah, that was that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I remember not understanding what's going on, but enjoying it. I mean, you were taken aback that out of nowhere, apropos of nothing, an Elvis concert started in which Will McLaughlin introduces everyone in the band about six times over. Yeah. And we're all playing mimed instruments that make no sense. So back there on the uh, 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 Chinese glockenspiel is my child bride. and. <laughs> He's pretty much the only person, I think, who could, like, pull it off the way he does. He's very funny. It was such a funny... Yeah. Oh, man, that was such a good show. When are you guys doing another one? Uh, We'll probably do, like, our biannual show. Yeah. Do, like, every, you know, twice a year we'll get together and do something like that. I think that's all that... That you can afford of of that insanity. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That's great. That's great. I love it. Uh, Why... Okay, so let's... Fine, let's hop into that a little bit. Why... Why are you guys so weird? Like, I mean... Because it does sound like you said, like it, it, all capable people mm-hmm. uh, just decided in that configuration to get pretty loose with it. Yeah, recurring we characters. Tried, you know, and... when we were young, we tried our best to be good, and it just—I mean, it just wasn't in the cards for that group. You know, yeah. we, we'd get notes, and uh, it would just be—you know, guys, you gotta play things real. Like, <laughs> that part where Scotty Pippen walked into the TGI Fridays that uh, Philip Roth the famous author owned that wasn't real so it just yeah for some reason it just you know wasn't in the cards and then as we sort of like got older we just started leaning into that yeah all right we're gonna be the group that was absolutely retarded yeah and uh and that's what we enjoy most when we play that show that's great Um, and i think you know like i said everybody else went on to other groups where we did better better improv yeah that actually followed rules for sure for sure so it was just a yeah uh i i don't know I, i guess that's i mean if nothing else like clearly it works. Like you leaned into, I get well the bad of the show, yeah. trying to make it good. Like, I guess there's something there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Especially you know when you're only performing once a year at a Del Close Marathon, right? To give the people what they want, which is, <laughs> which is Sinbad. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think we've we've all been wanting more Sinbad <laughs> in our improv. Uh, that's great. Okay, so let's uh, let's rewind in time a little bit. How did you how did you find uh, UCB and improv? I was in michigan went to school grew up there went to u of m and uh always wanted to be a comedy writer and never did any kind of performing was terrified of that yeah but as school was finishing up and i was going to plan to move to new york i'd just been you know i loved obviously your snl and late night stuff and conan at the time it was like oh god all those writers have some sort of improv background and i could see the writing on the wall like oh god I'm going to have to do this improv, aren't I? Like, <laughs> it had never been something I, you know, again, terrified of performing. So yeah. I uh, saw one show in Second City, Detroit. And it was yeah. kind of like, oh, boy. It was all like local street name puns. And, uh, uh. you know, it was exactly what that audience wanted. But I was like, oh, this isn't something that I'm really into. Yeah. And then I visited New York, I think, during the spring break of my senior year and saw an ASCAT show. Okay. And I was like, oh, like at the 22... 22- 22nd Street Theater. Yeah. It was like, oh, that makes complete sense. I could do this that. This is like good at stuff. Yeah, yeah. I could, I could, it just seemed like people, you know, on the same page, helping yeah. each other be funny. It wasn't about how quick and witty can you be. And it was like, oh, this is exactly what I like doing with my friends. Yeah. In the best situation. So, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And so I moved to New York uh, in August 2001, uh, was looking for a day job. Uh, <laughs> but three weeks later, 9 11 happened. Yeah. <laughs> parents of course were completely just like out. yeah like yeah. <laughs> i thought comedy was over i thought that dream of you know yeah going to the, i thought like well we will never laugh again <laughs> and uh luckily i ended up getting a job and then classes started back up again in like uh, october of that yeah. year and i took sean conroy's level one and um basically treated it like all right i'm gonna do this for my grad school yeah i'm gonna uh, approach this like I'm going off to New York and doing comedy something every night. And, yeah. Uh, eventually overcame my dry mouth fear of performing. <laughs> I mean, I was terrible. Really? The first couple of loves. Yeah. Yeah. It was just not something that came naturally at all. So I <laughs> had to, I mean, I would just flop sweat sitting in the back of class, hoping I wouldn't have to go, hoping the hour would be up before I'd have to get up. Yeah. Uh, and then I guess you just, you know, little by little, there's like, you know, breakthroughs like, oh, okay, you just have to do this. Oh, you just have to. You know, speak to the truth of the scene. And sure. You don't have to come up with anything. Okay. And then little by little. <laughs> huh. Able to tackle that. Would you say that, uh, I mean, I, I have no clue. On the early, in the early performing of your improv career, like, 
the biggest problem for you was just being afraid to do it or afraid to be on stage, that type of thing? Um, definitely not having performance jobs. Like, I had the biggest problem projecting. I got yeah. the note all the time. Like, yeah. Dude, what you're saying is funny. No one can hear you. Yeah. The first row, maybe, beyond that. <laughs> so, I mean, I just was not a, you know, trained performer in any way. Yeah. Uh, which also, it was like, you know, you get a good idea, and it's just not having, like, the confidence to immediately get out, take the stage, control the scene, and get it out. Yeah. And that really took some, you know, repetition and uh, in a couple of years of, like, if the theater was structured uh, then as it is now, the way you really have to be completely ready to own the stage when you get on a Herald team. Yeah. I wouldn't have made it more than like a couple shows. Yeah. I was so green and just not a, you know, seasoned performer. Like I would, they would have been like, Oh, you could probably stand for a few more classes. And I'd have been like, you're right. (laughs) I just happened to get on at a time when you could kind of, you know, skate by a little bit more. There was a little more leniency. Thank God I did. I don't know how things would be different now. I know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what happened to poor Chris Kula? Uh, okay. So, Let's see. So if you're a little bit of uh, getting the performance chops going and stuff, mm-hmm. did the, I guess then did the improv part of it, like, what was the development on that side? Like, I mean, was it was it fairly clear, like, oh, game, I get that? Or, like, was this kind of – Yeah. All kinda... I mean, because I definitely approached it with a writer's mind. Yeah. You know, and that was maybe another problem was trying to write scenes too much. Sure. Of, like, well, <laughs> they won't follow me because this is what I'd – set out and now okay now i'm all lost yeah because my brilliant premise wasn't i didn't get it across or whatever yeah um and kind of having to throw that in the back seat a little bit and like oh we should just react and just be more in the moment oh that's how you do this yeah uh which was which was great i mean obviously that's the key to uh, a good scene but like game i always like oh well here's the funny thing let's do that and a little different this time which is how I'd always approach, you know, writing. Yeah. I think it was good, obviously good for my development as a writer to have the uh, improv background of writing on your feet and, and, you know, tightening up a thing as you go. And God, I, I don't know where, <laughs> I don't know where I'd be without that now. Yeah. Uh, huh. The, that's interesting. So you, so uh, you had, you'd already been writing before you, uh, before you ever getting to like used to be an improv. Yeah. yeah. I, I'd wrote, in, uh, <laughs> I'd wrote in uh, lots of things. <laughs> clearly, clearly professional still, writer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in, in school, I wrote a uh, humor column uh, in the newspaper, so I thought I was like, you know, the uh, the next Dave Barry or something. And uh, thankfully, got opened up to a little more, you know, satirical stuff. When I moved to New York, I got into you know the Onion a lot, and uh, eventually got to you know start writing sketch at UCB. PCR did our sketch show. Right. Uh, I started writing my own blog, like in the early days of having a dedicated blog. You know, yeah. Uh, just trying to not so much the self introspective, you know, diary type blog, but like writing humor content for yeah. an audience. I, I always, I was never into just oh, I write for myself. Like no, I always want to write to be seen, have yeah. other people see this. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, yeah, continued on that until eventually opportunities came where I was getting paid to write. Yeah. And that's all I ever wanted to do. Um, the improv and the performance was all, by that point, a fun bonus. You yeah. Know, to do stuff with your friends at the best comedy theater in the world. But it had always been, I want to write for a living. I need to do this stuff to further that. All right, let's 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 go about doing that. That's really cool. Uh, how Mm-hmm. Okay, let's let's hop into writing then, since we're kind of on that, and then maybe we'll go back to improv. Mm-hmm. We're dark, twelve minutes, and I'm going into writing. I love it. <laughs> this is not an improv lo- uh, podcast anymore. Okay, so the uh, so you're writing. Uh, how about now? Now, what makes a sketch uh, worth writing? Like, I know that's maybe a, like a tough, like a weird question, but like, why would you write an idea? Because <laughs> uh, I'm getting paid for it. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. I, uh, well, how about this? How about, like, what's the sketch that you'd want to write? Like, let's let's ignore the fact that if we get paid to do it and you do, um, like, what, what you have to do. That, I, it's a tough question because you, if you're going to just do something as a labor of love, it better be an idea that really sustains itself through whatever the format is, whether that's a, you know, spec pilot or, God, a screenplay or just a three-page sketch. You better really yeah. think, like, all right, this... There's a reason I'm sitting down to do this. I better really believe in it. Um, and 
sometimes that's why uh, I'm saying getting paid uh, <laughs> or working, you know, a job helps. You're like, well, it doesn't matter if I believe this or not. I got to You got to do it. This. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my <laughs> manager would tell you I uh, need to just sit down and get <laughs> more things done, whether I believe in them or not. Uh, <laughs> it's true. You know, like starting any kind of project is so hard because it's just that blank page and all right, I got to fill this up. To the point whenever I do finish like a longer type of piece of writing, I'm like, how did I do that? Yeah. And really, it's like, yeah, I vaguely remember I had some ideas and I started working, but like get to, you know, 30 pages done. You're like, Jesus Christ, like how did I, how did I do this? <laughs> Where did all this Where come all this from? Thing? Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Um, yeah. So having, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think about the last thing I wrote specifically for me. Yeah. Um, a tough one uh i look here's an example when i was working at funny or die you pretty much got to do your passion projects uh whether those were you know people making their own movie parody trailers like eric appel sort of did and carved out a name for himself doing that yeah or you know starring in your own videos like writing stuff for you to play uh they didn't have anybody doing sports stuff and i love sports so i got to you know sort of Approach things from that perspective. All right, I want to do something with the NFL draft. So I wrote something for that. I want to do something. Uh, Hank Azaria wants to make a, a video with this baseball announcer character. Great. I'll write up something for that. So uh, I guess, one, having an area you're interested in helps. Yeah. Um, versus what would people like, you know, and try yeah. to anticipate what an audience is going to like, as opposed to just like, I want to do this. I think it's funny. Yeah. I want to do it. Yeah. Uh, I've definitely tried to do that thing of like what people will like and that's like scanning the first you know 200 posts of reddit and like what's uh -huh. on the news and if there's any popular blog i'm like oh what are they well, talking no, about I mean, that, which is a good exercise yeah you know i used to teach a topical writing workshop it was like four-week class um because i found like at a lot of the opportunities i did get to uh write some professionally were something a topical project you know riffing right. on something in the news or making monologue jokes about current news events or doing parodies of you know stuff movies tv that's prominent now so it is a good muscle to have and that's what that's basically what the class focused on was sitting down with just the newspaper or you know now it would be you know reddit yeah page of the internet <laughs> and, and figuring out like all right what is that thing that is going to make a statement on something that's of the moment yeah so that's not it's not a bad strategy at all no it's not it's tough but it's tough because those are the ones where I think it's easy to not believe in them, uh, at least per at least personally. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of just saying a thing about it or like whatever. Mm -hmm. It's, I guess maybe it's just that it's it's for me personally, it's more rare to find something that I actually have a strong opinion on or sure. to like to drive after it or or more likely to just get the version like, yeah, this would be like funny, right? Like, yeah, yeah, you know, like oh, if I change this word, it's gonna be you know a pun that sort of makes a sketch. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> you yeah, whether you want to devote the next whatever three hours of writing and two days of shooting to make that happen is another thing yeah I think that's what uh the onion did really well I, I wrote for them when they first started doing their video stuff yeah and uh it was a good exercise and there always had to be a clear satirical take on whatever you're doing so there'd be some ideas we'd pitch and they wanted so many ideas it would be like you know 25 idea submissions per week um, and that's how I've done the newspaper and that's how they went about doing the video thing where you'd have a funny idea and it'd be yeah. like, well, it's funny, but look, what's the target? I'm like, well, I don't know. Funny dancers. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, we don't, do we really need to take them down a peg? Can we maybe focus on <laughs> someone in power or someone who was being wrong? It's like, yeah, you're right. Like, yeah. Um, so I think what you're talking about is finding that, uh, target to the sketch that's going to actually say something or yeah. like if, especially if you're doing if you're talking like satire or yeah. you know, parody it's like oh we can make a satire of this whatever step up for taking it to the streets and it'll yeah. be fine or you can you know is there a way to merge that with you know step up colon ferguson is there yeah. like you know <laughs> yeah or something that you actually want to you know bring to light or, or voice yeah the uh that is, and that is tough too because I did uh, the the Onion. They do their like submissions for internships, and I've done that a couple times. And uh, you you do it, you work on it, and you're like, holy shit, this is like a really just that the 
you realize how like smart it is that that at least that satire angle of like a funny idea isn't enough. Yeah, and it's like I think uh, like one of uh, one of my favorites was something like "Mother of Two Joylessly Bites into String Cheese," uh, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, it's funny, but it's just like, yeah, it's not quite there. It's not quite oniony. Like, mm-hmm. it won't get, it won't work." Uh, but uh, and that and that and that's kind of like why publications like that are so good because they have they actually have like a thing that they're going after that's more than like me. Yeah, and they have a ton of things to choose from to get it down to that yeah. one thing that works. You know the the hit and miss rate of what they would approve versus what got submitted is like the ratio is insane. Really? Yeah. Uh, uh, what? I'm sure I didn't see it, but what what did you write for the onion? Uh, uh, I know one of my favorite videos was uh, trying to get the headline right. Make a wish foundation bankrupted by child's wish for unlimited wishes. <laughs> and he was treating it like a real abuse of power. Like pretty funny. we're yeah. going to, you know, he's wished for a in-service F-14 Tomcat and daily visits from members of the New York Yankees. And we're going to, grant those wishes but it's costing like the, <laughs> we are bankrupt but he he, he, he wished found for a loophole. he found a loophole <laughs> and it was like a, that's brilliant and uh we're, we're gonna fulfill his wishes until you know hopefully he dies <laughs> oh that's the best and it was framed on the uh, the morning show uh format they did where it was these cheery anchors like oh, you won't believe yeah. this story we're hearing about this little guy like and just like Oh, that's great. I got yeah, I really enjoyed it. that one. Uh, that's fantastic. Okay. Um, let's see. I'm trying to, what, uh, how long, when you're, okay, so like when you're writing uh, a sketch, uh, from first of an idea, or mm-hmm. what does what an idea look like for you when you decide to pursue it? I guess, uh, I guess, I guess I'm trying to keep it outside of work, mm-hmm. although feel free to <laughs> incorporate as you want. But you know what I mean? Like, you have an idea, and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is funny, like. How long, what's that process kind of look like for you? My first step will be once I've got a sort of a premise in mind, I'll just start on that first page, uh, sort of free associating. These are possible beats. These are possible even just lines of dialogue within mm-hmm. these beats. Um, here's the place it could go. Here are some even just jokes that I know will, will fit into the format. Just try and do like a you know a mind download of anything that might help because at that point it's still too early to start going okay I want this to happen to this because you might be limiting yourself so I try mm-hmm. and keep it you know wide open give myself a lot of possibilities and then sort of in that <laughs> uh, beautiful mind like start to see okay this <laughs> is going to see the yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, camp out in my room and put some tinfoil on my head and yeah, run the cut open your arm it's a good yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm pretty, I, uh, I know some people just like to shit out a draft and be like, cool, I'll revise after that. I'm pretty meticulous in how I, once I do get down to structuring the sketch, I want that first draft to be like well thought out. Yeah. I, I don't just, uh, I'll, I'll get something down and then rewrite it six times. I kind of want to feel really solid about it and it might take me a little longer. Yeah. Um, but then I know like, all right, I've really put some thought into how this is heightening what if it's in the right order if it's not heightening enough and i know like if i'm gonna get notes back on it it's gonna be hopefully just some you know minimal punches yeah, to, yeah. Uh, and not like major structural stuff like, yeah this is crap yeah, yeah. so I, i'd rather spend the time up front in really like laying it out and mm-hmm. thinking about it before i start writing than just you know writing with my hands or thinking with my hands yeah that's up uh I totally agree with that, and it's. Uh, I feel like when I when I when I'm writing or when I've because uh, I do plenty of like oh I got the idea I'll just write, uh, and those are more often the ones that I stop writing after a page and a half because I'm like oh what the hell is this, mm-hmm. uh, and also more likely to just not k- get continued because I kind of don't believe in it anymore. Whereas the ones where you're like you kind of start with a pile of things that you can like oh I know I can do stuff or like. When when things aren't working or like when it's a little bit rough, you can kind of go back to that yeah. and actually go, oh yeah, yeah, I know what I was doing. I'm not crazy. Totally, and that's also the you know reason that writing in a group is a great benefit too, because you can do that group brainstorm at the top. Like I'm thinking something like this, and you get everyone's input, whether or not you end up taking it. Or not. It's great to get right other you know pitches and, and ideas that you could, or it's basically up to you as the you know head writer of that sketch, like take or leave whatever you want. 
uh, and then if it's not working, you can come back to that group. Be like, I'm stuck right here. Do anybody? And then yeah, might end up with a new idea um, that you hadn't come out across before. So I like I, I like doing both. I like writing individually. I like writing with groups. It just has to be the right um, mix. I don't want to get into a situation where you're writing six people over your shoulder and everyone's trying to. You know, decide on. Yeah. Oh, it should be you know within. No, it should be you know beneath or like individual word syntax. That's going to drive me nuts. Yeah. Um, which unfortunately you get into sometimes in writers' rooms where there's a writer's assistant doing it, and you've got a group gangbang happening. Where yeah, it's, very uh, slow. Oh, super slow. The worst. Uh, so I'd much rather just get everyone's input and then. All right, I got. It. Thanks, everybody. I'm going to go make sense of this. Yeah, that's. Uh... I guess it's because there's like in writing is there's a there's a ton of micro decisions that aren't that are basically of no consequence right. or like will kind of get naturally brushed up in the process of it. But all those micro decisions just get like a spotlight on it. Every person's there and it's like, ah, I don't know if that's quite the right word. And you're like, yeah, I don't know that it matters. Like in the in this three minute sketch, that one word will not matter. I right. promise you. And then the, all the jokes are going to gloss over if. It should be within or without, whatever the fuck. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. sometimes you just have to grin and bear it in those situations and yeah. hopefully try and be political enough that you don't offend anybody. That's, uh, that's, that's very admirable. I'm usually just grumpy and be like, yeah, I don't want to do this. <laughs> uh, people don't like me. Uh, <laughs> that's great. Uh, so, what is, uh, so right now you're working on At Midnight, mm-hmm. correct? Uh, what is, uh, what is a pro, like, well, what do you? What are you specifically doing on that? You're working on uh, jokes, sketches. What's we uh, write all of the things that Hardwick says yeah. in terms of you know the structure for the first act and the cold open of whatever the topical uh, stories are, and then all of the sort of questions or you know games that are posed to the comedians. We write all that in advance too. Yeah. So you know, games like uh, one of my <laughs> one of my favorites just because i have a sweet spot for uh morning zoo radio is uh, which of these is a real morning zoo team and it'll be like you know dj and the beef or scully and the grizz to prove out is one of their actual real facebook pages where it's like you know them judging the uh you know hooters bikini contest <laughs> done in Cocoa beach or something so that's fantastic yeah that's a that's a job that it's <laughs> funny hey man somebody's got to do it yep uh so okay so coming up uh uh, the, that has always interested me is like a refillable bit like that like come at, those are games or mm-hmm. uh that how, that's this is a dumb question how do you do those how do you come up with those a lot of that is uh a lot of that is looking at the internet and just doing research trying to find a pattern of like all right i've seen enough of this trend in yelp reviews can i maybe turn this into a bit you know yeah. like i did one that was is this a review for a comedy club or a review for a strip club and they're yeah. all like surprisingly similar, you know, like, is this a one star, uh, shitty review for like, oh, don't go to this place. You know, the bitches be puking everywhere. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> That's funny. So just like finding, it's basically, you know, same thing as uh, finding the game in an improv scene, like boiling it down to like, all right, this is the one thing that sticks out. This is the unusual thing. I'm going to yeah. try and find a pattern among these. Yeah. And, and instead of coming up with them on my own i'm going to be looking for research that sort of fits the the mold of that and yeah now i've established a pattern i gotta find some real it's like documentary work you know i gotta find the the real things that fit into this pattern yeah Ugh. okay yeah that's, that's pretty appropriate response because it can be like super time consuming yeah and and tedious like going through pages and pages of yelp reviews yeah to find the one little you know pull quote that works yeah so. Well, it, 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 it vaguely reminds me of, like, being in college and, like, writing an essay that just, you're like, I just need something to bo- make yeah. this seem true. I just need one you sentence. Need one quote. And yeah. I'll, be, I'll make yeah. this bullshit essay work. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Which I imagine now it's got to be super easy with the internet, right? Can't you, like, yeah. fabricate or, like, you know, make up a bibliography that you never even crack just because you can do like almost a yeah you can do almost everything online yeah Yeah, i they i think there's even like a google scholar search and it would search like publications and like quotables wow uh like yeah like journals with all this all that stuff and you can really kind of find a but but again it's but it's tough because then you're 
because it's such a wide swath of stuff, you have to get like a pretty exact like ISIS yeah. is good. You need somebody to have said that. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Which you know that's what I write about. <laughs> uh, I'm not in college. Just I'm gonna throw that out there. I don't know why that felt important for me to say, but I, I want to say that I'm not in college. Congrats. Thanks, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, okay. So, uh, okay, I, I like this. Uh, what about, uh, are you working on any longer form stuff? You don't have to, like, we don't have to get into details of it, but do you do, like, mm-hmm. longer? Yeah, I try and uh, work on, I've written several, uh, like, half-hour yeah. pilots, stuff that, I've sold or have not sold, and yeah. I'm always continuing on that, always trying to develop other uh, stuff to pitch, and that's a whole process into itself, uh, working up just a pitch versus actually scripting out the full pilot, um, yeah. and there's benefits to to either or. Um, so I have not written uh, a full screenplay yet. That's sort of the next thing I, I know I have to yeah tackle but that's the ultimate like do you have an idea that can sustain itself over 90 pages that's Ugh. a yeah it's hard it's a whole other beast now i get it so yeah you can understand my uh sort of putting that off yeah uh that's a real challenge uh but but then again if you're like i think i was kind of think like if you're writing it i think writing a tv show or pilot is harder because that's like saying this idea can sustain itself for seasons true yeah uh, sure and that, but like a movie, I can just kind of like eh, everybody kind of gets happy at the yeah, end. Yeah, that's true. Which is what uh, movies do, right? <laughs> that is sometimes like you have an idea for something, and it becomes the other pretty easily. Where you're yeah. like, oh, this is a great show, and you're like, no, this is a self-contained, yeah. one-off movie. It ends. There's um, a there's a beginning and ending. Yeah, it's a little harder. There's nothing wrong with that. Just as long as you're aware, you don't beat yourself up trying to make it something it's not. You know. Yeah, for sure, for uh, sure. Or you know, trying to give a. Uh, what should be a weekly, week in, week out sitcom premise, uh, uh, stakes of a, a you know, film, you know? Yeah. Says uh, the guy who has not finished a screenplay, so really knows what he's talking about. Hey, man, don't worry about it. We just, I say things that, like, I have no business speaking about all the time on hmm. this. This is the show. Uh, let's, uh, let's go back to speaking about things that I have no business speaking about. Let's talk about improv a little <laughs> bit more. Um, uh, the thing, uh, Hmm. Uh, one thing that I think uh, that I think of particularly with you uh, that I just see a lot is I'm like the fucking balls on this guy. Uh, just because and I, really, I mean that in a nice way because I'm always like impressed with uh, or regularly impressed with like how just like fearlessly we'll do moves or like like one that particularly comes into mind was like Billy, you and Billy were like Cajun dudes, and he told you to go down to Miami, uh, and then you just like you, got, you pulled a chair out and then like pretended to drive. For like forty five seconds, you're finding somebody, and then like you just pull, you pulled the chair back and went to Billy. And he's like, I didn't find him, and I was like, that's that's a ballsy fucking move to just sit there for forty five seconds. Nobody else. <laughs> this is all me. It was great. Yeah. It was great. And but I remember thinking, and also I just remember thinking the whole time, I'm like, nobody's gonna do it. How how is everybody letting this happen? Right. Ballsy of everybody else to let it happen. I think yeah, that's kind of speaks to you know an ensemble that sort of knows. Yeah. I think, and sometimes. I'll try and you'll make a move like that where you're like, oh, I got this great thing. I just want to be alone. I I have an idea that is going to be me on stage doing whatever. And then somebody yeah. will come out and you're like, well, that yeah. changes things. Or vice versa. You know, <laughs> you've got an idea. Yeah. You want something out there and no one comes out. Yeah. Sometimes. Done both of those. They're both a little heartbreaking. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, and sometimes you get lucky and everything goes exactly as you'd wanted it to. Yeah. So. Well, the... Uh, for saying somebody like it doesn't it felt like they initially had performers chops or whatever, but doing stuff like that that's that's like tough. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, like I don't want to say it, like how do you do it? But like what do you what do you attribute that to? Like why why is that something that you're comfortable doing? I would chalk it all up to playing with people that I'm comfortable with. Yeah, having friends on stage, people who uh, sort of know what you're about as a performer and vice versa. Yeah. I, I, at this point, I really pretty much only perform with people like with close friends. Yeah. Um, and as a such, I'm relaxed and comfortable and you don't really think twice. It's like, is this right? Is this going to fuck you? are just like, oh, I'm just going to, I'm just playing, uh, in other formats where you're, you know, a little more on edge. Maybe you wouldn't be as, or maybe I certainly personally wouldn't yeah. be as ballsy. Of like, yeah, sure. I'm going to just yeah, fuck around and hopefully they get it because you'd be a little more, you know, 
conscientious of you know, people who don't know you as well or right. aren't used to you and yeah. beyond your better behavior, I guess. That's interesting. See, I, I almost feel I almost feel the opposite because when I'm playing with people I don't know, I'm like, I don't know. I just might as well have to. I have to do something. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to see what happens here. But when, like, you start to know somebody really well and you're like, I want to make sure that they get their thing across. I feel like I play more cautionate with people that I'm the more friendly I am with people. It's very weird. Because you are friends with them and you want to remain friends and yeah, not yeah, yeah. fuck them over on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm a monster on stage. I'm constantly fucking people over. I'm like, that's a weak choice. <laughs> you know, but that's my style. Uh, <laughs> the other thing, too, is like, uh, uh, and like Billy talks about this a lot, too, is like the, I almost said cowboy ninja bear. And that's not a thing. That's a, that's a version of rock, paper, scissors. Uh, it's, cowboy ninja bear. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I'm take ninja and all those. I think. Yeah, you're. Oh, out of you. Well, oh, it's it's like rock, it's, paper, rock scissors, paper scissors. So I'm going with the ninja okay. ability to. Yeah. Stealthily you, incapacitate a bear or a cowboy. Was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The 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 thing is that a ninja's like, what's a bear? I think that's the logic mm, behind uh, it, and it just gets mauled to death. But the cowboy's like, boom! I shot the bear. I know. And ninjas masters of fighting, so obviously they'll they be beat the cowboy. cowboy. Uh, this is mostly, that was mostly a game that I played with my little brother and sister where we'd walk paces and then pretend to be bear, cowboys, or ninjas. So the physical element to it's it. It's a physical, it's a physical rock, paper, scissors. Good. Kids need to be more active. We have too much childhood obesity. Uh, you know, play, play 30. That's what I say. <laughs> uh, uh, You're talking about Billy's, uh, pirate robot, robot or ninja? Pi- yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like talks to you, uh, often, often holds you up as the, the ninja, uh, Doing like small things in scenes, and I, uh, I think that's I think that's like a fair assessment of like doing like small but very helpful things in scenes. Uh, I guess I guess like so you those those to me are like almost like maybe like writerly moves or setup moves or things like that. Uh, how do you, how do you keep maybe this is it? How do you keep that type of thing in mind where you're like I want to make sure that you know we get back to Katie's game. Like Katie did something funny. Mm-hmm. How can we do that again? Or are you, what are you thinking like to get those i've always uh i've always enjoyed i guess you'd call it like the big picture of form stuff mm-hmm. um i guess maybe it, it is a writerly thing where you're sort of looking at how is this all going to connect or how are these things similar or wouldn't this be a good callback uh stuff that you're you know always doing in a script it just sort of appealed to me um so when I stopped doing like the like really set herald structure, mm-hmm. uh, I was in a group called Ruben Williams in New York. That was uh, uh, a group we put together as a practice group. We were all on other herald teams. We wanted to do something beyond just the set herald structure, and that allowed us to be a little more free with our you know forms and following the funny as opposed to following a structure. And then as a result, you start building your own uh, forms within each show you know this is going to be the telephone show this is you know that your form uh dictates the or the the show dictates the form and i just always really enjoyed thinking about okay the suggestion was deja vu all right we got to do a thing where we start over again as if we're replaying the show that sort of you know i don't know fun creative sort of takes on what you can do on stage. Yeah. Um, so, and certain groups are a little more inclined to do stuff like that. There was a period where Ruben Williams was really pushing ourselves to mess with the form and really uh, do no show that could be resembled in another one we've done. You know? Yeah. Really make them, like we had one where, I can't remember how exactly got that way, but Joe Wenger sort of got singled out as a shy guy who would only edit the scene. It got really meta and uh, he never spoke. He would only edit. And by the end of the show, everyone was like encouraging Joe, you have to, <laughs> Joe, we need you to speak. Come on, Joe, you got to do this for everyone. And like a single spotlight came down and the guy who was coaching us, Peter Gwynn uh, was in the booth and decided he'd uh, <laughs> heighten this. Maybe, maybe overstepping the normal bounds of a director or coach. <laughs> and got, got on the mic and said, Joe, this is Del Close, inventor of long form improv. We need you to say something. And, like, led up to that point. So that was a show where, like, well, didn't see that one going in. Yeah. Uh, didn't anticipate that happening. 
That's uh, but great. we were like, we were really kind of pretentious about how like artsy <laughs> and creative we were trying to be at the time. Now sure. I think a lot of the same people would just be like, oh, let's go out and have fun and yeah. do whatever. But I think everybody, every improviser should go through their period where they treat it way too seriously and like really dissect the show they've just done and how they could have built the form a little more. Because I really did love it at the yeah. time, you know? It was really cool doing something that you, you would look back on and go, oh, that was the water slide show. That was the, <laughs> uh, which we did. We once had uh, at the theater on 26th Street, when we first got in there, it was, you know, below the supermarket, and there was some faulty plumbing that would sort of catch in these big, uh, like, trash bags that would hang over the stage. So, like, little by little, they just started, like, you know, getting fuller and fuller with this, like, I don't know if it was fecal material, but it was, like, really shitty brown water. Yeah. And eventually, I think it was our first Saturday night show when we got moved to the weekend. One of those bags burst on stage, just, like, drenched the place. And we ended up turning it into a water slide, and, like, sliding across. I mean, that's commitment when it's possibly shit you're sliding through. Yeah. But the scene called for it, so we all did it and then yeah. dealt with the dry cleaning the next day. Yeah. Uh, it's so gross, but... Uh, I I admit doing a very similar thing. We had they had a a, a keg on stage mm-hmm. that for some reason like the water and whatever was just kind of all over the stage, and that became of course the bit of like I was sliding through it repeatedly. Mm-hmm. And I was also remember like I think I had just come from work or something, and I was like dressed sort of nice. I was like, oh, these are like my good clothes. Oh. This is rough, gotta but do I got to do it. Yep. Kept doing it. Did like five times. Also in that show. Uh, I think three of us hold, held each other's penises for like five minutes because that was part of it. These are real good high quality. Was this a Dell Close Marathon? It show? wasn't. This was. <laughs> the, can <laughs> I can tell you this was a low. This was a poorly attended show at like a non-name theater. Wow. And uh, we really went for it. You got to know when to choose your battles. You know, really was one. I didn't have to do that. <laughs> Looking back, I really didn't have to do that. I think I got molested. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. So, uh, so, uh, okay. I like this. So it's, so part of that too, is just like comes from playing with the form so much and like watching out for the, the bigger thing. Uh, uh, having, having the history of like maybe doing, I guess pushing it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. Knowing that there's other things you can do, other possibilities yeah. and trusting that when you make one of those moves, other, everyone's going to be on the yeah. same page and go, Oh, okay. I see yeah. what we're yeah. doing here. Um, that was a thing that I also particularly enjoyed about the police chief rumble set. Mm-hmm. The one I saw, I was like, you guys did, I don't know what it was. You guys did this weird, you were, I can't remember it now, but you're like weird manic people. And then everything froze and, uh, you guys like all froze. And I was like, how did they all freeze at the same time? That was brilliant. But then like it, we decided it was all Will McLaughlin's dream or something <laughs> like that. And then all walked off stage or whatever. Oh. And I was like, damn, that was like the best ending of improv I've ever seen. That's awesome. I was so excited about that. But talk, that's, that's, that's a, hilarious. That's I was like a trust. <laughs> yeah. Well, what you bill is like great trust. We could also bill is like we are selling Will yeah. out to dry. We've literally yeah. left him alone, not just off stage. We've left the room. Yeah. You walked left downstairs. The, yeah. We're drinking beers downstairs. Yeah. Let's hopefully he has fun with it, uh, <laughs> which, again, is pure PCR. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm glad it came off as uh, it a real moment very- of yeah teamwork and trust i guess uh, yeah i guess i mean that's true like anything any move like that can be seen as like a total it's like the same kind of the same yeah it's a pimping move anything you can be like oh wow that's so cool that they pulled that off and they managed to work or like god what an asshole (laughs) exactly hopefully a little of both yeah (laughs) i guess that again when you know people for more than a decade you can yeah with that I get, yeah, I guess with that that one, I was just i was impressed because will did make it work whatever it was he had like a real solid ending to it because uh, I think like it started with everybody's like had like cool credits and we kind of, we were like oh everybody's doing so well <laughs> and Will McLaughlin's like doing like, teaching I think he called and, that like, out himself and yeah. he called it out and it was like this thing and then it turns into Will McLaughlin's dream that he gets <laughs> to do this or something I was like oh fuck that's like really came full circle this is great <laughs> great um, <laughs> <laughs> this is good I don't know uh, <laughs> uh, the uh, you say you say you also do like a, you basically just play with your friends too. Like it seems like the Smokes is like a, a friendly group. Like mm-hmm. uh, I feel like I've seen photos of you guys doing like the Disneyland half quarter whatever the hell it is. You do some event at Disneyland, the running thing, right? Uh, we yeah, yeah, we ran a half marathon. Half marathon. Something I did that once. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, For some reason, I thought it was all the Smokes. I apparently we'll go to uh, Bubba Gump's at uh, Universal City Walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, every, Pretty much the same. Every year, we'll go see like a 
go have a big chain restaurant dinner and then go see like a movie at the uh, IMAX there. Yeah. So I think we saw Final Destination one of those years, and then we saw uh, Rock of Ages uh, another time. Uh, the Bubblegums is the highlight. Getting those uh, huge margaritas with the, like the little Corona bottle dumped in is yeah. real, real uh, improv team bonding. Yeah, I had a luxury there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's great. Uh, how like and it sounds like too for Police Chief Rumble just. I don't know. Like, it sounds like you guys are friends. You're hanging out five nights a week, right? Like In the day, sure. I mean, that was, like, the closest bond I had. Because yeah. there people we were doing improv with. Um, everybody there wanted to work in comedy. So everybody was, like, super gung-ho. Yeah. Um, we were all writing sketch at the time, too. So, yeah, it was most of the time with these people. So hopefully you liked them. Yeah. And, and we all did. Uh, Is that important, then, for, like, improv? Like... I think it helps. I think it's huge. Yeah. Uh, I think, and that was a interesting case because that was a Herald team that was put together through auditions, and we just happened to you know really enjoy each other's company, that, which isn't always a given, you know. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you can be really mismatched, and and people can try and like force friendship out of that. I think most of the groups probably get along, but I'm sure there's instances where like, wow, those people just were not meant to be together. Yeah. I think you can find it. I, ideally, if you're going to spend that much time together, I think it's should be with a group you put together of your own people who have the same sensibility and yeah. again that's where that group reuben williams came out of we were all performing on herald night already but we wanted to do more with people who sort of you know had the same aspirations of pushing the form and doing really good improv and and really trying to expand so it was uh like, all right let, these people are all on the same page let's start doing something and then we eventually made a team together okay. and then, uh, started performing on saturday nights and that shows. So this was a weekend team, then that's what it went yeah, to. Okay, for, I thought for some reason I thought Ruben Williams was a Herald team. I the, it started yeah. as we 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 actually led to the breakup of all our respective Herald teams. Okay, because we all you know put this group together on the side, and we were doing yeah. uh, we were doing like indie shows at the uh, Under St. Mark's Theater uh, in New York on Friday nights with this group Rogue Elephant that Susanna uh, was in at the time. Yeah, so we had a show that was fun. And it was just. Let's get together and do more improv, you know, because you only got to do so many heralds in a month. So at the time, indie shows were sort of, still sort of a little bit rare, you know, and that was like one that was pretty prominent. Yeah. And then there was a regime change at the theater, and Anthony King became artistic director, and they wanted to make uh, Ruben Williams an official herald team. But it meant breaking up. We all had to leave our other teams at yeah. the time. So like, me and Katie Dippel were on PCR. Yeah. And it was really tough because we love PCR, but we really wanted to. Like, I, again, I told you, the improv we did yeah. from was when it had reached its ceiling of, you know, very low. And, and we, as much as we love those guys, we wanted to, you know, yeah. keep working and, and trying hard. And uh, so we, everybody made the choice to uh, make Ruben Williams the full-time group. Yeah. So four Herald teams ended up getting, like, shifted around or broken up. And I'm sure we weren't too popular at the time, but yeah. we... we uh, we were all pleased with the group that came out of it. Yeah. So we did Herald Night for a year and then uh, got graduated up to Saturday nights and did that show forever. Yeah. Uh, I moved out here in 2007 and they still were doing it for, God, I guess five years after that. And they, they just recently changed wow. their name to the uh, Curfew uh, in New York and that show is still going on on Saturday nights. You started a dynasty, an improv dynasty. Yeah, man. <laughs> Uh, uh, okay. Let me, uh, let's, uh, I want to just ask some, like, weird basics. What's, uh, what's a good start? What's a good, like, initiating line if, uh, where you have no opening? And I say that because I feel like I see you do a lot of good ones of just, like, out of nowhere. I'm like, oh, it's pretty funny. Hmm. Um, they're probably at a sandwich shop of some kind where I'm looking over the menu then and yeah. <laughs> going, hey, uh, what's on the... Uh... <laughs> so I'm asking a question in a transactional uh, environment. So I did that the other night and I got called out real hard by a coach. I was like, Jesus, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, uh, I think that's a little overrated now. I mean, I think it is a good rule to teach early on. Yeah. I think you can still have fine scenes. Yeah. Shopping for something. Just don't make it about the socks you're buying. You know? Yeah. Use that as your in. Like, I, I, I do start a lot of scenes as a customer or... Uh, Let's open that. Is that all right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. You can keep going. <laughs> Sorry. Customer. Sure. Customer. Come here. What the hell? Freaking out on me, man. Oh, all right. Here we go. 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 Here we go.
get up, get up. Well, it'll be fine. Uh, uh, sorry, yeah, starting off in transactional scenes, those like customers and stuff. Yeah, I think I think you're you're right. It's like a, that's an opening, uh, like a way to connect this to somebody mm-hmm. more it's a normal, than like the like actual transaction. Yeah, it's a, and it's a setting or you know experience that you get. You establish where you are, who you are, very clearly. Yeah, just don't make it about the thing, you know. Yeah, recognize the clerk. Hey, man, didn't you go to uh, <laughs> Kenwood High? Uh, I don't, oh, yeah, man, you were that guy. That classic move. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's always like, and it's, it's it feels so cliche, but it is a little bit helpful to make it slightly more invested in the the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or talk about why you need these socks. I'm trying to. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm trying to. I'm trying to date this girl, and she's got a kid, and I think this is really going to put me over there. I think this is really going to give me a grace. With Come the, on, man. Oh, we can't do this. He's such a monster dog. All right, we'll we'll wrap we'll wrap pretty quick here. Yeah. I know what it's like. I've got our three-month-old at home who uh, barks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so I think, like, that, yeah, starting in some place that's just a you know benign. If you, if there's no opening, there's nothing you're going off of. I'd look to you know a simple uh, place or experience that everybody can like understand right from the jump. You know. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think I feel like that's always a good. Especially for no, yeah, no opening. It's just like, just keep it real simple. Yeah. We can worry about getting more complicated later scenes or whatever. Yeah, hopefully you both treat it like normal people. Yeah. Talk normally, and then something's going to come up that makes you go, wait, sorry, what? And then you can right. close your pattern. Yeah. My my default for a lot of that is, uh, well, no, my default for when I don't have an idea is just pulling out two chairs mm-hmm. and then sitting down and then like, does this feel more like an office thing or a dining thing? And I'll go like, Great. all right, that's fine. No problem. <laughs> Love make it. it work there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then, uh, okay, so then how about how about this? If you're doing, I guess Smokes doesn't do a lot of uh, premise stuff, huh? Uh, or at least I feel like I don't see you guys do it very much. I mean, because we don't do any kind of set opening. Yeah. So we're not really pulling, you know, we'll get the suggestion and pull three different premises just off of that word. Yeah. So sometimes you get like, oh, I, I see where that's coming from, and I, I was on the same page. Basically, there's, you know different meaning for that that I also was going to do something in the area with so right. it can be pseudo premise based but we're not doing any kind of like have, yeah, information like getting yeah. like game yeah uh, uh, well I guess then we'll do say this like what when, when you were doing that type of thing like mm-hmm. what what's a premise that attracts you like what what uh, I guess because if we're like I'm thinking like pattern game or stuff mm-hmm. like that I guess they're kind of cre- they're all kind of created we all kind of know what's out there but also sometimes there's like side things. I feel like that's maybe a style, uh, a little bit of a style thing. Is like you see, you see how people pull the normal ones that are yeah. very clear. But then there's this like, oh, you pick up a side thing. I don't know. So <laughs> this, again, these are like weird questions. But like, what what is it? What's the premise that'll like attract you? Like what? There's uh, oh, that's a tough question, and I'm realizing how hard it is to answer. No, I know you're saying <laughs> without having without doing an opening. Yeah, right. And, and yeah, going, but what, this is like an you... impossible question. Um, I guess I guess like is there is there a particular type of uh, dynamic or like type of comedy or thing that like a, like attract uh, yeah I think I often enjoy something that leads itself to a character choice yeah when you can go oh that was a funny detail how you know we came up with uh, the denial thing there could probably be a character that is you know in deep denial about whatever and then either that's something that then you go through the process. All right, can I be the character who's in denial about um, the Bachelor finale? Yeah. Is that something that, okay, this is a crazy premise. I'm going to be the guy who just will not believe that the Bachelor chose whomever. Like, I'm going to treat it with the zealousy of a you know, religious fanatic that, that's not right and it's wrong that Juan Pablo chose Nikki and <laughs> there's no world in which this exists. I refuse to believe this. All right. That's probably too much to lay on Joe Wengert. I can't go, <laughs> hey, man, he chose Nick. Like, there's going to be too many things you have to assume they'll know, they'll understand. Right. You're like, all right, well, this is one i got to do myself. All right, I'm also in the problem here that I could establish this and no one's going to know what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, maybe it's not worth doing. And then these are all the thoughts that are going through your head in that millisecond before you initiate. Sure. Um, so sometimes it's like, all right, 
that was way too complicated, not worth doing. Is there something that lends itself to a more simple, this guy walks like this because of that thing we mentioned in the opening? Yeah. And I do like simple physical things. For as much as I, you know, do write and try and write to the top of my intelligence, I do like a guy who t- talks funny, <laughs> walks with, you know, leads with his gut or something. Like, just yeah. picking a simple physical choice like that. Um, so if it's something that I can either establish to somebody like a character, like, hey, man, you're, you know, you're a crazy Cajun riverboat guy, yeah. which Billy is going to be like, thank you for that gift. <laughs> this is the best day. This is the best day ever. <laughs> or, yeah, is it something that I can do on my own? And I do like playing characters. I don't think I would be uh, known around the theater as a, you know, a master of a thousand faces, but I do like... No, I see uh, you default into that. Yeah, or like hop into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and you know, like, as... I, I wouldn't say, like, the theater is collectively against it or whatever, but uh, I guess it's not, like, as highly uh, highly valued as it is at the other theater. Like, Second right. City, you're like, you're a fucking hero. <laughs> uh, thank you for doing that. But it, but it is, like, it's a solid, it's a solid, like, fun choice, and there's, you know, it keeps things going, and give, hey, nothing else gives you something to do. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I got, I'm up here for 55 minutes. I got to fucking kill the time somehow. <laughs> I'm get, yeah, I get bored. I need to be silly characters. <laughs> yeah. Again, uh, this is me speaking about improv. I have no business doing it. I love it. Uh, all right. Then, let's see. One last thing. Then, uh, so you've been doing. So now you like you still do you do improv. You've been doing it for at least a decade. Yeah. Or more than at least twelve mm-hmm. years. Uh, how how did do, how does it like fit into your life like? I mean, is it, how, how do you see it? I'm curious. That's a like great doing- question. Um, it definitely is changing. You know, those first couple of years when I was in my early 20s working a shitty day job in New York, it's all I wanted to do. And I wanted to talk about it at McManus. I wanted yeah. to, I mean, we would go on Instant Messenger at our shitty day jobs and do improv forms in like a chat room. Like me, <laughs> Charlie Todd, Eric Scott would go into like the Instant Messenger group chat and do like a tracers i mean <laughs> this is again indictment of how bad i was at my day job that i was doing this <laughs> while i was supposed to be working yeah but, like we were super consumed by it you know and then would i do that now god no yeah <laughs> i can think god no um we don't even talk about our sh- i mean we'll get off stage and be like oh that was fun that i really like that or i wanted to do this oh that'd have been great yeah all right let's go to birds i yeah. mean that's how much we devote to it whereas in the Ruben Williams days, we'd go back in the back hallway of UCB and dissect, like, every single scene yeah. of, it could have been better this way, we could have done this, why didn't we see this, like, beat ourselves up over it. Yeah. And now we look back and it's like, wow, why were we so serious? It was just yeah. improv. But, I, again, I think you do have to go through that phase where it is the most important thing. Yeah. And uh, it's not that anymore. Um, I do it because it's a blast seeing my friends. Um breaking i mean i never i took such pride in never breaking on stage yeah and and you know really committing and now we openly laugh and it's like yeah it's i uh, it is just a thing of getting older and not seeing it as the end all and be all you know it is just a fun weekly diversion where you get to like be silly make each other laugh i love it you know yeah. but if it went away it would be like oh that was a bummer i wouldn't be you know, personally devastated. Cause we do like now that we've got a kid, it's like, Oh boy, I hope we can keep doing this. Yeah. Um, but okay. Our priorities, we might have to value this other human life more than our, I don't know. I don't know we'll see. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he hasn't really done much yet. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've got it, you know, until six or so. Yeah. Much attention, I think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I would like to continue doing it. I mean, it's given improv. I'll put it this way, like to get sappy. Like it's given me the career I have. It's given me the wife I have, the, baby we have it's crazy like all my close friends they're all from ucb they're all from this world so uh whether or not we're actually performing it's still a part of our our life yeah that improvised sex scene you guys did on stage uh led to a real baby well that was crazy that's the commitment we're talking about i mean it was good yeah yeah congratulations (laughs) thank you yeah Yeah, we broke (laughs) we all feel like we're kind of part of it (laughs) (laughs) uh okay the last let's uh let's charge forward to the last bit of the show this is the pearls of wisdom segment uh, this is a classic segment on the show. It's very important that I always say that. <laughs> uh, uh, a note or a piece of advice or feedback you got on improv 
we thought was uh, impactful or helpful for you. Something maybe that stuck. Hmm. Um, aside from the initial thing of, hey, man, you got to speak up. Yeah. Which, hey. hey that's great. It's that's a great note. <laughs> I still wonder, like, I think I've overcome that, but, like, I'm occasionally struck, like, oh, am I still? Because I've got a low voice, too. I yeah. feel like it might just, like, yeah. dissipate, you know? Yeah. So I do. Face doesn't travel. It does not. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So. I'm going to go with project, you know, uh, and probably, you know, when in doubt, uh, go a little louder. It'll make you at least seem more confident in your idea, whether or not you are. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I will take that note on Monday. <laughs> I will use this. That's my, great. My own note. I love it. Uh, that's fantastic. All right, Chris, uh, is there anything uh, that you want to plug or share with the world before we call it an episode? Um, come out. Yeah. See the smokes on Monday nights at seven um, or at Bubba Gump's in the near future. Yeah. We'll probably uh, be there. We're all going? Are we all going to Bubba Gump's? We're all going. We're all going to get some uh, Captain Dan's uh, scrambled fish fry platter or, or Lieutenant Dan's, right? Yeah. yeah. Lieutenant Dan's. It's... Uh, it, yeah. Is that a promoter? Maybe it got promoted. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's uh, hope. I think that's I, I need to learn my military ranks. These are these are that's also sometimes things I think about. I'm like, I need to learn this type of thing for, for improv. improv. Absolutely, maybe this will come up, and I want to get it right. Yeah, <sighs> yeah, it's good. Oh, that's a good piece. That's a good piece of advice. Like, uh, read a lot and store things away, just so whether you don't actually know them, you can fake like you do. Yeah, and I feel that's good to like have, have a you know good understanding of. All right, here are some original X Men. It's probably going to come up in improv scenes. We know who our uh, demo yeah. is. But also know, you know, uh, a couple songs off Michael Jackson's Off the Wall. Like, <laughs> it'll probably help you out, you know. Just, yeah, the full repertoire of improv scenes. Those are the two spectrums. <laughs> Original X-Men and Michael Jackson's yep. Off the Wall. Uh, all right, Chris. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. My really pleasure. Thank it. you. All right. <laughs> oh, that's great. Dude, thank you so much for this. Of course. My pleasure. Great. Hey, I'm, I'm Jeff. I'm Ben. I'm Jeff. Uh, no, I'm... I'm j- <sighs> Ben, just, just do, do it. The, just do okay, I'm, so, I'm sorry. Uh, hey, this is Ben, Jeff, and Thayer, and we host a podcast called Convince Me, where we have guests on to try to convince us to get on board with their unique obsessions. Check out our podcast. It's called Convince Me. I'm Jeff. 